Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this was the week of change. Oh my goodness. I spent last weekend adjusting my gardens uh, to protect my borderline plants. So you gardeners understand, okay, we're a zone seven here in the Prescott, Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, this central highland area. I would say you're a zone seven, eight, somewhere in there. If you're in the lower elevation, let's say you're a Sedona, Camp Verde, Cottonwood, you're spilling down over to Kirkland, Skull Valley, Hillside's probably a zone eight, nine. Uh, So it just varies on your elevation, but pretty much we're all very similar zones and we need the same types of plants that grow here. Well, all those zone 8, 9, 10, 11, the desert tropical varieties of plants, if you did not bring those indoors or protect them, they died this week. So my coleus, oh, I think it was Sunday night or Monday night, one of those two, whenever that cold front came through this week. You could see them. You could just watch them melt in the cold. They were too big to bring indoors. I couldn't protect them. I grew them as an annual. I fully expect them to be very enjoyable, to grow fast, to be glorious while I'm outdoors enjoying my backyards and patios. But then I don't want to look at them in the winter. I want them to die, be gone, and I take a rest. And then I'll replant fresh those garden beds or those containers next spring, usually the end of April, May. Here, our our last frost of the year, the last killing frost for this Central Highlands area is going to be Mother's Day. That's kind of the holiday, the, uh, the, the marker that we use as a time to start planting summer plants. Before that time, you need plants because we're going to have frost that can take that. So pansies and kale and uh, uh, spinach, uh, you've got gallardias and, and uh, geraniums, petunias. They'll all take that. They love growing in the spring of the year. But you start putting your summer plants in Mother's Day. Well, the opposite of that, the, the end of that season is going to be the 100-year average. This is, we've been measuring this data for a lot of decades. Is October 29th. Usually the, the local gardeners, we use Halloween as our first frost event. We can okay, usually Halloween it's going to be a killing frost. Be aware by the middle of October just be ready with the sheets, be ready to move the plants around because we're going to get a frost at the end of October, first part of November. Well, it was a it was a week early this year. That's that's the difference with with averages. It never lands on Halloween. It's always a little before or a little after. Last year, it was a little after. It just varies. You just be ready. So the vink, the vinca, they're all gone. I mean, they're just the, there's an annual heat loving, just loves to thrive in the the just hottest days of summer. Uh, they don't like this week. They were in misery. They just melted down. Uh, just lots of things like that. So the indication of frost, things that were damaged. If you're new, if you if you're coming from tropical areas and you've never seen this this frost event happen, what it looks like is 
the foliage will turn wilty. It stops blooming, of course. The leaves can even turn black as they are frozen back to the heart of the plant. Usually the top edge is, is burned back first. Then as the cold permeates after several nights, it just kills off the entire plant. Now, perennials, these are plants that come back every year. Remember, perennial and permanent both start with P. So these are plants that come back year after year. Sometimes they can get killed back to the ground, but they hibernate underground for the winter. My mums look great. They're perennial. They were not affected by the cold, but but mums have a tremendous amount of antifreeze built within them. They can go really to the end of the year before they really start to turn brown, that pretty straw color, that, that autumn color that, uh, that mums are so famous for. I'll keep that structure of my mums up in the gardens because I just think they're pretty, even with that straw color. They're no longer green. They're no longer in bloom, but they're just pretty. Eventually, the snows and the rains and the wind just get them to lay down and go, oh, you're, you're not looking so good. That's when I take the lawnmower or shears or something and cut them back to the ground. And I just let them hibernate underground, and they'll come back. Moms, shoot, by Valentine's. You can start seeing new growth coming back, just, just emerging from the ground. Galardias, echinaceas, euphorbias. There's all these perennials that come back year after year, but they hibernate underground. So your annuals do not. They just, once they, if they get cold at all, it doesn't matter if the ground freezes. It just, they're, they're just at the top growth freezes, they're gone. Perennials, usually they can take, shoot, they'll be in ice. They're just sitting there going, okay, I'll wait it out. I'm waiting. I'm letting out. I'm, I'm revigorating myself so I can come out with a vengeance next spring. And usually spring is in full swing by March 1st. That's kind of the sequence that's happening. Now, we are famous for our Indian summers up here. So your gardens will, you saw this, this burn back from the frost, but then you saw some plants really go nuts this week. So your, your kales, spinach, lettuce, uh, pansies, violas, snapdragons, oh, they love this weather. They just, this is the time to put those in. Many of your, uh, your fall-colored trees and shrubs, this will ignite them. They love this kind of weather. They like being, it's a great time to put a new aspen. And that beautiful gold, maples, ash, locusts. They love this kind of weather. They're, they're starting to go dormant, but they turn color, this beautiful fall color. Then all the sugars start moving down towards the carbohydrates, start moving down towards the trunk of the tree, down into the roots. And they actually store a lot of that energy down at the root level. That's why it's so good to be planting in the autumn of the year. I'd say you got a sweet spot now between now and really Thanksgiving is a great time to be putting in trees, larger shrubs. So don't, don't if you're new to the area, you go, oh, it finally got cold. But that doesn't mean anything to your gardens. It means something to your annuals, those uh, summer blooming kind of plants or the summer vegetables, any vegetable that forms a fruit is a summer vegetable. Tomatoes, you know that. But zucchinis and pumpkins and eggplant and peppers, these are all summer tropicals. They have no interest in growing in the winter. Even if you've got a greenhouse, just the reduced daylight, they start to elongate and stretch and they don't produce as much. You can keep them alive, 
but they may not produce as well as they did when the days were very long. I mean, a tomato plant is just this sugar-making factory. It just creates, it collects the sun with all that foliage, and it pumps it into these beautiful tomatoes. Well, now the days are getting so short, yeah, they'll ripen up the rest of them, uh, but they're probably not going to produce any more tomatoes unless you bring them indoors or give them artificial lighting. There's a whole series of full daylight or full spectrum light bulbs that are made for keeping your plants going in a basement even, in a greenhouse, in an Arizona room, just indoors. But they may need some supplemental lighting just because the days are so short. For those plants that were burned, killed off, I mean, my my trash can is going to be full at the curb this week because I'm just going to throw them away. I'm going, eh, that's fine. I might compost some. The soils, I might take from, from those containers and add them to my raised beds around the yard. But the foliage, it's going in the trash can or the compost pile, one of the two. If they were diseased at all, if you had any kind of spotting, curling, dotting, any kind of white powder on the foliage, do not compost that foliage. That needs to go in the trash can and get it off your property. Many of those spores or those bacterial type of, of leaf spots, diseases, they come back very easily. They'll hibernate in, that, in the ground. The birds and the bugs will come in when the new plants are put in next spring, and they'll kind of dig around down there, and they'll jump on this, this tree. And instantly, it comes from the soil that you had last year, gets right back on this year's crop. So kind of be strategic on what you're composting and what you're not. Leaves, tree leaves, oh, that's like black gold for the gardens. Oh, that's the best compost ever. I save all of that, and I reuse it or reintroduce it or retill it into my gardens. Have a lot in store for you. We got Lisa Watersling coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are blaze maples, burning bush, Arizona creeper, glamour kale, and spicy mum. Waters Spicy Mums are best sellers for super long bloom times and local garden tuck. Spicy Mums glow yellow with a halo of fiery orange around each daisy flower. These big bold perennials are perfectly shaved and add color in autumn when few flowers are in peak bloom at just $9. You'll find bright fall flowers here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back with Lisa Waters Lane. She's in the studio each week with uh, with her favorite guy in all the world, at least for the last 34 years. 
at least in my head, <laughs> I'm the best thing that ever happened to her. Oh, yeah. And you're the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, that's true. We just got back from, oh, anyway, she comes in with your garden questions. <laughs> we should define going right into sharing what we've been doing. This is half travel show, half garden information. And, and what we've done is we used to fly everywhere. And since COVID, we kind of, we've been driving more. Yep. So if it's within 500 miles, we kind of, eh, let's jump in the car and go. Maybe even we're going to visit the kids next week. They live in Colleen, um, uh, Texas. He is a, a army captain. He's a physician's assistant for the army at uh, Fort Hood. Fort Hood. There we go. So you, you military folks, you know where that is. Never been, but we'll be there next weekend. So it'll be exciting to see the grandkids, basically, yes. and your son. <laughs> And your daughter-in-law. Yeah. That's always exciting. And your son. Yeah. And the grandkids. And the, grand <laughs> and the grand dogs. It's all fun. <laughs> so anyway, but this last week, <laughs> excuse me, this last week, choked up. we uh, yeah, we went to Moab. Mm -hmm. So those that have not ever been to Moab, uh, Arches National Park, Canyonland, Canyonland National Park. Yeah. It's like a canyon. It's like a national park mecca. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Spent a week, over a week up there with friends from Prescott and just kind of camped out. We were at uh, the Archview Campland. Yes. And like half the camp was Prescottonians. <laughs> it was yeah, hilarious. We ran into people up there that weren't part of our group, but we ran into yeah. them. And it was hilarious fun. For, yeah. Go over, sip some tea, say mm -hmm. hi, check up, just kind of see how things are going. Yeah. Usually you're so busy, busy, busy that uh, it's hard to catch up with friends. So right. not when you're camping together. No. Anyway. It was fun. The highlight for you? Ah. Uh. Well, say fins and things. I was going to say fins and things. I was trying to decide if that was a highlight or a, <laughs> you know, heart attack waiting to happen. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> that was something. If you've never done fins and things, the trail over in Moab, yeah, uh, and you have a strong stomach, you should do it. So fins and things is is a it's a jeep trail. It's mm -hmm. one of the top jeep trails <clears throat> in the world, yeah. and it's right there in Moab. It's yeah. one of the top ten. It always makes a top ten list. But there's just these beefed up Jeeps everywhere. We're in a little tiny side-by-side going driving around with these mega Jeeps. And so we could do it just as well as they could. But it's the trail. So it's where you're going over these boulders. And like, if you look left, there's a precipice. If you look right, there's a precipice. If you keep going straight, there's a precipice. It's like, just follow the Jeep in front of you. It's terrifying. I hope they know where they're going. And when you get done and you live, there's a story to tell. So you can sit around the campfire and just mm -hmm. share. So all friends kind of jumped in yeah. Jeeps and ran up there. And it was a hoot. It's fun. It is a lot of fun, but boy, it's, yeah. Yeah. I would do it again it's, in a flash. I would do it again because now I know we did it once and we lived. So I would do it again. Well, there were like 10 Jeeps in front of you that all made I it. You just know. go, they made it. I've got a test victim. They They made it. We're good to go. But. Be fair, there are signs that say, be cautious of emergency vehicles coming, because it's a one-way trail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, be cautious <laughs> of emergency vehicles coming at you. And I'm going, okay, if they had to put that sign up, yeah, that means they've had emergency vehicles out yeah. there. So just saying. Anyway, did Arches National Park, <laughs> Arches Every Place. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, did did uh, Canyonlands, Canyons Every Place. There's just fun walks, yeah. mountain bikes. It's, it's beautiful. Fun. Very, very Again, beautiful area. Great outdoor recreation area. So uh, 
what gardening info did, did they did, did the <laughs> listeners get out of that last four minutes? Absolutely none. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should share some. <laughs> you know what's funny is we were up hiking one morning, and you know you us we're hike we identify plants. Oh as yeah, we hike. it's a curse. And we ran across a candy tuft. I know. Isn't that out crazy? in the middle of nowhere. There's this little candy cuff and it was blooming. Yeah. And I was like, holy schmoly, how did that happen? That's a perennial we sell here all the time. Yeah. We tell folks it's really tough. It's evergreen. It blooms a long time. White flowers, cute, low maintenance. Uh, and then you just see it out in the wild. You go, see, I told you. <laughs> and, and Moab is a lower elevation than we right. are, so which yeah. means it's harsher, hotter, yeah. drier, mm -hmm. uh, more lunar. Yeah. It was, it was it's literally out so, in the middle of nowhere. Um, the the uh, red buds, mm -hmm. they were all over yeah, the place up lots there. Of the lots of red buds. Yeah. yeah. So you never know what here. you're going to find. That's true. You want a question? Nah, I'm happy just <laughs> hobnobbing plants and national parks with you. Oh, okay. Didn't well, see any elk or moose or uh, I saw a few deer. deer. Did you? I Down at the lower them. parts, not yeah. up above. Anyway. But, yeah. Anywho. Well, Gina has a question. Hey, Gina. She has skunks that keep digging in her yeah. yard. And a friend told her that's because she might have grubs. Yeah, and guaranteed. she's like, is that true? Yeah. So that's so, the question. So Gina, so so <clears throat> let's just everyone should know because we're this is a big skunk year. Some years there's bad. Three, four years ago, there was a plague going through the the it was dangerous for us and for the skunks. It obliterated the population. Now they're back. And there's more of them than ever. And they're they're going out and they're digging holes in people's gardens or in the rock or in the yards. So it'll be a little tiny cone-shaped hole about the size of a golf ball. And it kind of goes to cone shape. Mm -hmm. and, and skunk have a very defined nose where they can smell a grub underneath the ground three, four, five, six inches. And they'll, they'll go, there it is. They'll dig out and just kind of get there, find it, go slurp it up. Go, yum, where's another one? So you see all these little mm -hmm. cone-shaped holes in your gardens. It's very, you go, what did this? It's like a foreign. It's weird. It's like an alien yeah. thing came down and no, it's just skunks. What do you do? <clears throat> Kill the grubs. You won't have the skunks because there won't be the food source. Get rid of the food source. You'll get rid of the skunks. So go to your neighbors. They'll bug them and put those little tiny holes in. So put down, there's a granular grub killer. Come in and get it from us. Mm -hmm. We've got a, a safer one than normal. It obliterates them, takes them out for the whole season. You might see them come back next spring, but probably not. You're probably good to go. This one application, granular, pray for rain or water it in. Mm -hmm. If you've got pets, usually I'll sprinkle on the, through the gardens. I'll water it in. It releases, goes into the soil and takes out the grubs. It just mm -hmm. takes them. But you need to get on this right away because as we get chillier, grubs will actually go down. They'll burrow deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like a white worm that lives in the ground that eats the roots off your plants. And so they'll burrow down two, three, four feet mm -hmm. underground as it gets cool. And then you can't get them until they come back next spring and start doing damage. You don't want that. They'll kill your plants if you're not careful. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's how you deal with grubs. Put a grub killer down and it gets red. It doesn't kill the skunks, just goes, you know, I don't smell any grubs and they move on. Yeah. There you go. Grubs will attract um, javelina too. Javelina, they skunks, like anything burn. that burrows in the ground, yeah. you know, gophers, mm -hmm. prairie dogs, for you folks <laughs> up in, in the Williams at that higher prairie elevations. Yeah, it attracts. You don't want grubs in your yard. They're <laughs> for bad many for reasons. You. For yeah. many, many reasons. Okay. <laughs> the next question is from Tom. He has a fairly good size aspen that has a huge 
uh, black aphid population Ooh, thing going nice. on. Wow. Uh, so his question is, does he really need to spray or can he just wait for the cold weather to do him in? Yeah. So, so if you've got bugs in your gardens, I mean, it's kind of like grubs. If you got grubs in the yard, kill them. You don't want them around. If you've got aphids on your trees, they're going to do damage. They're going to suck. They don't kill the tree, but they can kill the branch, the tips. Mm-hmm. So you do want to limit. And they're so easy to kill. Right. And aphids, they're, they're, they love the cold. Mm-hmm. They'll be there to the end of the year. I mean, they're there for another two months, maybe through winter. Eventually, if we get real cold, it'll go, they'll go subterranean. They'll be right at the base of the tree and kind of camp mm-hmm. out there waiting for it to get warm. And then they'll crawl right back, like, like February, mm-hmm. right back at you. So you really do want to you, spray with them. There's an organic called triple action. Mm-hmm. It takes them right out. Sayonara. It's almost a repellent to them. So there's several sprays we have here at the garden center. They're very safe, very easy to use. Mm-hmm. We could set up a sprayer for you. Your house pressure will take you right to the top of the tree, obliterate them. Don't, Tom, <laughs> what kind of question is that? Get rid of aphids. Well, if it gets a bug, get rid yeah. of it. He's hoping nature will do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, Ken Elisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Great questions this week, folks. Uh, to Tom and Gina. Gina. Tom and Gina, great questions. Be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. I used to be cocky and actually dared to beat the big boxes at their own game. Since the beginning, we were known for the very best plants in town. But with youthful ambition, we added a line of inferior plants, contractor grade, that matched the box stores and beat their prices. We failed miserably. The plants were side by side. Waters hand-picked quality at the higher price and the inferior plants at the lower price with astounding results. The inferior plants, not bad quality, just not full and nice, were still there a month later. The hand-picked quality plants, they had been restocked twice and the bench was empty again. The youthful cockiness, it's tempered and with age comes wisdom and knowing who you really are. Waters Garden Center doesn't compete with the marts and the boxes. We simply grow the very best plants our family is famous for. We will never offer inferior plants. Cross my heart. Pinky swear. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. I'm so glad that you spend this hour with us every week. We've been here for years, just talking local gardening, helping you with that timing. One thing I've noticed, customers are coming in, they're noticing that bees are going after their pine trees. Put that on your radar. Watch that one. If you see bees going in and out of a tree, especially an evergreen or a conifer, something with an evergreen needle, that is going to be an indication. They're in for the food source. It's an easy feed. That's why they're there. From honeybees to really the hornets, the, the wasps, they love aphids. They're in harvesting. They're actually picking up aphids chewing off their heads and taking them back and feeding them to the young. They're just, it's an easy meal. Guaranteed you've got aphids up in your tree if you see 
bees going back and forth. And I, it's kind of one thing when I'm walking the nursery and I see bees in a, in a plant of some sort, I go, oh, that's got aphids. And I'll instruct, you know, okay, come in, spray an organic on that tree. And it takes them out. The bees are gone. What do you do if you've got a really large tree and you can't get to the top of that thing with a pump spray or a trigger spray or an old Windex bottle? Well, I've got the answers. That's why you're tuned in. See, thank you for tuning in. What you do, you'll need the pressure from that hose coming out of the house. You want to power up a hose end sprayer. There's some that are really powerful and they'll shoot with that 45 to 60 pounds per square inch coming out of your house. They can put that through a nozzle and get up 20, 25 feet pretty easily. So you want to take a hose end sprayer and throw multi-purpose insect spray. That's the name of it. I know it's not very sexy, but you know what? It kills multiple insects and it's a spray. So multi-purpose insect spray, shoot it up there and it will obliterate. Absolutely kill. I mean, knock them out. I mean, now, I mean, their aphids are going, oh, help me instantly. As soon as you spray that, here's the secret when you're spraying aphids though. You can't just stand from the driveway and shoot it up into your tree. You need to hit this tree from a couple angles because they coat the ends of those trees of the branches will absolutely be covered in hundreds of possibly thousands of aphids. So you really want to soak them, soak them when you, when you do this until it's dripping wet. Okay. Spray in the morning. It's usually not windy in the morning. It's safer for you. Don't keep, you know, keep the dogs out of the area until it dries and then you're fine. Those kind of, you know, some common sense kind of stuff. But watch for, I've had too many customers in this week, at least in this five to 6,000 foot level saying, hey, what, what's going on? I've got, I've got bees. I'm afraid of bees. What, what, how do I get rid of bees? Well, you don't want to, it's not a colony. You don't go after. We need bees. They're the good guys. And you might kill one or two if they're actually up there. Actually, when you start spraying, the bees hightail it out of there and get out of that area. And then once the food source is gone, the aphids are dead. So are the bees. So so you're done. Watch your watch your roses. They're on some of those too. But really, the pines, the big tree aphids, they're really bad. We were mentioning the top ten fall colored trees, the best best plants, not just trees, best plants that you can plant now and enjoy for fall color. Some of these will actually take you right through winter. We'd mentioned snapdragons, red twig dogwood, or the cardinal red dogwood, and then one that most. Most folks don't understand how hardy this is. Dusty Miller, kind of a boring, plain Jane kind of annual, but it has this great silver foliage. Everyone thinks pansies. Oh, pansies. Everyone thinks kale. So nice winter color. They'll bloom like crazy to the end of the year, and some of them will bloom right through winter, including Dusty Miller. We're so mild in Arizona that... This thing just lives right through winter. I've got some that are two, three years old. So we sell it as an annual. It only live for a season, then die. But it thinks it's actually a perennial. It will actually have a yellow flower that has a light scent to it in spring. But really, you're planting Dusty Miller for the, the silver foliage. Looks really handsome against flowering kale as a contrast plant, a filler in a container. Is how I sort of use them. Uh, they look really good planted up against perennial uh, coral bells or hookera. That purple foliage with that silver foliage from the Dusty Miller is really a great contrast. Put a few golden pansies 
in front of them, oh, it really, really looks good. And they just, they're companion plants. They look good together. So look at the Dusty Millers. One that just has been tricked usually starts blooming after the first of the year, but it's been so nice that it's starting to show a little color. It won't bloom out until next spring, but you can count on late winter. It's a winter bloomer, Ice Angel Camellia. Now, all you Californians, you know you love camellias. I was a camellia grower when I, when I lived in, in Sacramento, but most of those varieties can't grow here. They just aren't hardy enough. They're coming out with new varieties that are cold hardy. Same waxy green, deep, glossy, glossy foliage. They put on these huge buds through winter. They love winter. They just love the cold. This particular ice angel, the the name, obviously, loves blooming, setting buds, and that usually blooms February, March, January, February, March, somewhere in there. But they can actually, it's exciting for gardeners to see buds forming and then the, the buds cracking, then actually blooming. And they're in bloom right now. If you wanted a new, this is a new introduction. Look at the Ice Angel Camellias. Yeah, we'll support our sponsor at the bottom of the hour. Be right back. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Gardens help awake our creative spirit and connect us to aspirations, family, and dreams. Dreams of a better life, a better home, and better health. Sometimes the best way we connect with ourselves is to temporarily disconnect from our electronics. Gardens become a quiet refuge. Plant a new flower bed, pick some fresh herbs from the garden, and they lend themselves to ways of beautiful color that naturally evolve through our four seasons. A beautiful garden speaks to its gardener with a power that eludes the electronic equivalent. Text and email messages are of this world, busy and disruptive and often filled with stresses. Gardens, however, are an attempt to transcend from the hectic life to one that becomes meaningful and cherished. Waters is a place of rest and peace for the creative soul. Be inspired and plant some of your own peace and rest with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love to be refreshed in the garden, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. We have Lisa Waters Lane back in the studio. She comes each week, and this is just a garden segment of garden ideas she sees from a different perspective, different gardeners have different lenses, different hats they wear as they go through the gardens. And it's good to pick that up and just see what, what you got going on, honey. (laughs) (laughs) We're also very close, been married a long time and got lots of kids together, lots of grandkids together. And we own a garden center together. That is true. That's a lot of together. Well, it can be a problem sometimes. Okay. All right. I just so kidding. so do tell any therapists out there. Could you please call in right now? And <laughs> just kidding. Just Not really. Kidding. We just uh, got back from spending week and a half together. Do, yeah, week and a half in a very small. We rented. Oh All of our friends have Class A, huge, huge fifth wheels, gigantic vehicles. They go all over the country. They're retired. We're not. We don't have all those toys yet. But we met him. We said, we'll meet you at the campsite. We'll, we'll just rent a cabin from the campsite. Mm-hmm. Well, 
the, the cabins are like smaller than a tent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a family of eight. It's all just bunk beds. And it was very intimate. It was very, very small. The yep. bed was small. Your feet hung off. You're a tall guy. Yeah. Your feet were hanging off the edge of the bed. The problem was you can't open the bathroom door if somebody <laughs> else's feet are hanging over the edge of the bed. Yeah. So it was... <laughs> Bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what are you, what's going on? <laughs> what, what's, is there a fire? What's going on? It was, if there's a fire um, in that place, you'd be gone. Oh, my gosh. Forget it. <laughs> Smoke forget detectors. It. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. All over. But it was fun. It, it was, was a fun. lot of fun. And it was kind of that we made do with what we had. because Like we were first married We had something. a microwave and a itty-bitty tiny refrigerator. To, and, and a toilet sink. Kind of thing. <laughs> and it did have a shower. And it's on it toilet. did. That's unusual. Yes. So we made yes. do with what we had. And then we, we always volunteered ourselves to come over to your campfire and we'll bring something we bought at the store because <laughs> you couldn't make anything. Couldn't we'll bring anything. chips and salsa. And yeah. It was just fun to camp out with other people's mm -hmm. stuff. But it was fun. I would do it again. I would go, except for that know. one friend we have. They're all tuned in right now. <laughs> which which was it me? Which one? No, just we loved them all. They're all great. <laughs> We'd go a heartbeat with any of them. Oh, yeah. Good so, people. Very anyway, good Garden, enough of putting our friends down. They're all tuning out now. <laughs> and all the other listeners going, I thought I liked them, but yeah. now I, I don't. I'm not going anywhere with them. What, what kind of garden info do we have? <laughs> Can we impart? Yes. So uh, we got in some camellias. So camellias are... Um, they're the Ice Angel series of camellias that Monrovia puts out. Um, they can take our cold yeah. weather. Now, a lot of people from Southern California, maybe the South, you know, they're they're used to the other camellias, kind of more ones. of a tropical one. And they don't winter over here unless you, well, basically they don't they winter don't over, winter over yeah. here. So this particular series can take our cold winter and do quite well with them. So the ice angels come in a white, which is the snowman, the winter snowman. Should which, I show this off for the yes. folks that are vlog, tuning in to, to the, vlog, the vlog, the video version of this? <laughs> They're actually starting to bloom. I can't believe it, but these are winter blooming. Right. So Everybody's. winter snowman um, will typically bloom November, December. It's probably the first of the uh, camellias to bloom or the last depending on if it's November, December. Might be the, <laughs> okay. well, They're the for, last. Depending on which, what part of the year you you're talking about. They're right. winter. They're winter. So this is the white one. This is the winter snowman. Very, very pretty. Uh, evergreen. And they do like a little bit of a shadier spot. Yeah. Not going to be real happy in that full hot sun, uh, but under a, little covering under tree and under planting under other trees north side, north side. in a container in the ground mm -hmm. wherever it's as hardy as can be right. it's got a waxy i can tell you we grew this in skull valley and the elk and the deer and the javelina didn't eat it it was right there in the orchard where they could yeah. get to it they did not bother this we had mm -hmm. an entire hedge of different uh camellias hardy camellias and this goes down to like minus 20 degrees so yeah really take quite crazy a bit of cold, cold. For here, yeah. which is nice. So that's the so white tall. one. This is like <clears throat> yeah. super tall. So, so yeah. it comes in two other colors. Uh, Spring's Promise, which is a dark Heavy. pink. Yeah. <laughs> Dead breath there, I dude. should do more. <laughs> I should do more push-ups or something. <laughs> we need to get you out from behind your computer We're a little more above, I don't know. Well, it's chest high or so. I'm holding so. them up for the camera here. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, bring smaller plants. Okay. That's the only size they come in. So the other thing about camellias, well, I'll finish telling you what we have. Spring's Promise, which is a dark pink. Yeah. And then April Remembered, which is a light pink. Yeah, and pretty. both of those are going to bloom more uh, March, April. Yeah. yeah. Right. Very early, late, late winter, early, early spring. Yeah. So thing with the camellias is we can only get them one time a year. <laughs> so what we have is what we have. And Excuse I think me. we've got like 70 of yeah. them or something, but it's not like we're going to get another crop in. This is it. And yeah. so uh, we thought we were going to get them more into February, but uh, the vendors are going, you know what? Take them now. <laughs> Grab them when we could. You're grabbing Grab inventory when, when you can. can. Right. So because... we've got it. Other folks don't because mm -hmm. we got the connections, the friendships, right. the family connections mm -hmm. that go, Hey, uh, before we release all these and there's none left, can we ship you? Like basically they grabbed 70, 70 of them for us. Yeah. So put them on the truck. We'll take them all and get more if you can. If you can, but unlikely. So if you're thinking you want one, do yeah. not wait because they're not going to be around forever. Uh, one of the other plants that we got in that I have literally been trying to get in all season. This, is, the, this is Bright Star Yucca. It is, I think it was a new release two years ago. Uh, just a really pretty yucca, which is just that coloring in there. I don't know if it picks it up, but it's kind of like almost a pink blush inside. Yeah. And then with the green and cream leaves on there, yellow leaves, it's just a really pretty yucca for out in the yard. It really pops out We there. have this one on our backyard mm -hmm. in a container, kind of a saucer-shaped yeah. container. This is a classic Mediterranean, mm -hmm. southwestern. Everyone wants cacti and saguaros in their backyard. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't grow up in this elevation. <laughs> Got to be down in Phoenix, like yeah. a thousand to two thousand foot level. That's where they grow. Mm -hmm. Not this one loves it here, but it has that same Southwest mm -hmm. Mediterranean kind of feel and look right. to it. Very stylish. This is on the front of horticulture magazines, just style magazines, mm -hmm. right now because it's so bright. And this is its winter color. Yeah, and then it'll turn a brighter yellow in the spring and summer. Just right. love, it's like sun. To, to, it needs some sun. I would say give oh, yeah. it at least four or five hours Definitely of sun. Definitely likes a sunny spot. Yeah. But I was so excited to see him back in because literally I have been trying good nine months or more. The crops have run out. Yeah. And then they're finally they're finally coming on. They've right. grown they're all summer. Mm -hmm. So now we've got access. We're going to grab them now right. while we can. Yeah. So we'll harden them off and get them yeah. acclimated. And it would be fine to plant. Yeah, yeah. perfectly yeah. fine. No problem with that. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to show that because... It's one of my favorites, and I've just had a heck of a time finding it. And so one last shot for those folks <laughs> on video. And then if you could, make sure they don't water them right before they come. I couldn't help it. I'm having just... to put it over my trash can because <laughs> it's dripping everywhere. Well, it just came in to just like an hour ago. And we water our stuff when they come in. You're making a mess of my studio. Well, get over it. So one of the other ones I brought in. This is easy. Yeah. yeah there you go. And it. Oh, it doesn't show up as much Don't as it hoped <laughs> it would. But that's the Regal Mist Mooley Grass. Um, I saw this in Prescott Valley. I think it's Glassford Hill. They have it in that divide yeah. uh, between the two sides of the road. And it is gorgeous yeah. out there. I just love the color. You can't see it as well in here, but it has yeah. a really pink, purpley uh, plume to it gorgeous when the wind kind of blows and it's moving especially as the sun starts to go down yeah, it picks pretty. up the light excellent for your landscapes it's not gonna 
take over anything. And the other thing, it doesn't reseed. So yeah. you're not, you're not going to have 20 of these in your yard. <laughs> They're going to sprout up through all the rock and stuff. Right. That's good. Mm -hmm. This, I mean, Prescott Valley does such a good job with their commercial. They the city of Prescott Valley does a great job of landscaping their city owned real estate the, from, the, from the parks to in between the roads. Mm -hmm. Fantastic job. Yeah. So I think they're one of the better cities. I think uh, Sedona does a pretty good job with the flowers up and down. They mm -hmm. do a great job. Each city's got their own thing. Prescott's got that courtyard around the, the courthouse, the, mm -hmm. the, the square. So, but muleygrass, yeah. this is famous in Prescott or any, any elevation. Right. It'll do well up here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just like that. Three plants and we're out of time. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa, again, for coming in and sharing some of your garden tidbits with us. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Be right back. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, spicy mums, glamour kale, and red fox sedge. Fox sedge has striking clumps of red foliage that fades to flocks, giving off a warm glow. An attractive foliage effect in container gardens, perennial beds, and fountain accents. A good choice in poor draining pockets along dry stream beds and beside large landscape boulders. You'll find foxy red grasses, just $17, here at Waters Garden Center. Google, give me directions to Waters Garden Center. Waters October companion plants that grow well together are burning bush, Arizona creeper, spicy mums, glamour kale, and Prescott blaze maple. Prescott blaze maples have extreme growth of three feet or more each year. The fall color glows like embers in a blaze hot fire, thus the name. There's no better red maple to plant locally. Perfect for patios or any place shade is needed. And a big bold tree is just $149. You'll find the best fall shade trees here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Now, the cold that we had, I mean, it's, it went from summer to autumn just like that, in like one night. Uh, but that, that's really going to be helpful for the color coming out in your foliage. So they really, we should have had more autumn color showing up on our maples and different trees and shrubs. So cold is part of that trigger that makes them start to turn color. So you'll see that in the next few days. It's just going to go, wow, look at that. I can't believe those kind of colors exist. They don't have that Pantone colors of the year. Well, you get to see that in nature. We've seen some color. So the, the flame maples. This is a small-leafed maple. It's a tree that's usually vase-shaped, kind of a big shrub or short tree to about I don't know, 15 feet tall or so. It's in full red. The sumacs, there's several varieties of sumacs. One's a tree, like staghorn sumacs. It's kind of a companion plant to the autumn or flame maples. Um, it gets up again about 12 feet. Beautiful orange colors. It's, it's now in full color. Um, the shorter sumacs, there's a whole series of native ground cover type of sumacs. They've been in color for two, three weeks. But the real big showstoppers, the aspens and the maples and those, they really haven't come into, into their own. Yeah, up on the San Francisco, the peaks, 
there in full color, but we haven't seen it down here in the lower elevations. This is going to trigger them where they will just go, whoa, showing off their gold colors. The maples will be right behind those. So your uh, uh, Armstrong maples, um, Autumn Blaze maples, Celebration maples, there's a whole series of fast-growing red maples that do really, really well here. They grow very fast. The traditional shade tree, uh, the leaf's about the size of your hand with the five points, your traditional maple leaf. That will start showing color. We've got a couple of them out here in the in the landscape plant. And they're just they got that that burgundy color. Then it'll get lighter and lighter and brighter and brighter and then show off. So there's a series of those. Uh, um, golden locust or honey locust will be right behind that. This is a, a native looking tree. It's got very small leaves and adapts very well. I mean, you'd hardly have to care for it once it's up to size. Tremendous shade tree. 30 feet tall, 30 feet wide. Good shade and drought hardy. Oh my gosh. Once it gets up to size, I mean, hard look at it with some water. Maybe that's enough. You don't hardly have to do anything with it. The leaves kind of blow away, but it's, it's famous in the fall and the spring. They get the same spring. It's golden locust for the new growth is gold and the autumn color is gold. And so thus the name, golden locust. Uh, so that's one that'll also start turning right now. What will vary will be if you're on the north side of a hill, you'll turn color a little bit sooner. If you're on an east or south facing side of a mountainside, you'll turn in, you'll turn color a little later because you're a little bit warmer. And likewise, at the bottom, if you've got a, a dry wash and you're down at the top bottom of the hill, the cold air kind of spills down and runs through these dry washes. Those trees or those plants will turn color first. The ones towards the top of the hill will be warmer because warm air rises. So they'll turn about a week, two weeks later. So you'll see this this pulsating, depending on where you're at in the neighborhood, trees will turn color at different times. It's quite interesting. You can see where the cold spots are in a neighborhood just by looking when things turn color. And likewise, in the in the spring, the things that are on the higher side or south or the warmer gardens, they'll leaf out first. The ones that are in the dry washes or on the north side of, of a hillside, they will leaf out about a week or two later. It's all temperature-related and sun. So just be aware of that. So if you see your neighbors turning color and yours isn't, there's probably a reason, but it will. So just give it some time. Right now, I, I just love, I don't see quite yet on my, my personal garden. I live up above the high school, probably 5,700 foot. Not quite there, my, my autumn blaze maple, which is probably the number one selling maple. Uh, is just starting to show some red colors. Likewise, silver maples, that was the original, that was the first fast-growing maple that we, we started planting up here in the mountains, but it has a gold color type of leaf. Then we, then we, we grafted, basically, a red maple, traditional Acer rebrum, uh, famous Midwest maple, onto a silver maple, and we got autumn blaze maple. Now we're getting a hybrid where it's you got a very fast growth of the silver maple, but you get the red color from the red maple. Those are just starting to go right now. Aspens, that's the number one selling tree, at least here at Waters Garden Center. I think most of the mountain, most of the mountain garden centers I talked to were all friends. 
kind of the same. Aspens, everyone loves them. They're just that beautiful white bark. They grow straight up to the moon. They don't get that wide. We use them for blocking, screening, or even framing uh, vistas. So if you've got a beautiful view, you plant an aspen on either side. It's almost like a picture frame. It, just kind of, it forces the eye going, look right here. I mean, put us some Put an outdoor sofa or some nice chairs out there, fire pit, and people are just going to ooh and awe over your beautiful mountain views. And you just frame, you stage the whole thing by planting or designing this landscape to show off this mountain vista or a sunset or a sunrise. It's all design technique. The other ones that you're going to watch, probably the last ones to turn of the fall, they're just solid green right now. Uh, you've got two that are quite famous. One is Raywood ash. Ash is this beautiful tree. It's solid. It's like, it's like a lollipop. It's, it's 30 by 30, just beautifully shaped, turns purple. Uh, I mean, just true, like royal purple. It's this fall color. That'll be uh, mid end of November before that goes. And the last one to turn bright red in the fall of the year is ornamental pear or Bradford pears. It goes by several names, Chanticleer, Aristocrat, but flowering pear. It, it doesn't actually form a fruit. Some of them can. It's, it's a fruit about the size of a marble. Birds is a great bird source. Birds come in and eat the fruit. But it's really made for that bright white flower in the spring, great shade tree, during the growing season now. And then the fall color, it's the last one. When, when the ornamental pears turn color, yeah, autumn's over. Winter is here. You better rely on those evergreens because you're not going to see foliage for about two months. Uh, about so Usually things will start to leaf out in February, depending on your elevation. So that's your, your willows, cottonwoods. They'll start coming out first. Some plants, oh, I guess I should mention oaks. Oaks will turn at the end of around Thanksgiving. There's a lot of native oak trees. And I'm not talking scrub oak or the emery oaks, those evergreen oaks. I'm talking about the more traditional leafed oaks. Uh, there's red oak. Um, there, there's several oaks. There's two or three we sell here at the garden center. They're bright, bright red. This is a hardwood tree, so it's kind of slower growing, but it's methodical and it's long living. These things are going to way outlast you, your grandkids. They're going to they're going to live for generations. That's how these oak trees live. And they love growing at high elevations. They love being planted right now in the autumn of the year, but bright red. See, I was going to one other place. Oh, uh, brown. Some plants, some trees, they don't have any interest in showing fall color. They just go from green to brown. That's it. One that comes to mind is sycamore. Our native, we have an Arizona sycamore. It's a great big tree. Very interesting bark. Um, it's got great big green leaves, but this cold would have started to turn it brown. Maybe it has a gold color for a moment, but really it's it's brown. It just goes to brown. And it holds onto the foliage quite quite well. Kind of almost too well, too long. It's like has a long trash cycle. I like trees that turn color and then drop their leaves, I rake things up, and I'm done for the fall. The other one is London Plain Sycamore. That one has five leaves. It looks like a maple leaf. It's related to the Arizona sycamore, but it does the same thing. Uh, sycamores, they also have that little uh, ball. It's like a golf ball size seed pod. Used to throw them at each other as kids. You know, that kind of have games with that. 
So, but it's fast growing, hardy. There's a place for sycamores, but front and center is a fall colored tree. Ah, maybe that's not it. All of your fruit trees will turn color too. Fruit trees, I mean, peaches and apricots and nectarines and apples and pears, they've got tremendous fall color, very bright before they start to lose them. They're, they're kind of easy to maintain that way. That's kind of your trees. That's the fall color you're going to be seeing the next three to four weeks showing up in the mountains of Arizona. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. I grew up in the family business with my three sisters, and I've raised four of my own kids in the same garden center. Waters isn't just another business in town. This is part of our home, an extension of who we are. My family spends more time here than we do at home. It's basically an extension of our living room. We just have more friends over than most. My name is Lisa Waters Lane, and you'll feel welcomed, peaceful, and at home here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road, here in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our instant Raywood ash. Raywoods are known for their handsome fall foliage that turns colors of red to royal purple. Just stunning. The leaves have a fine texture which add a softness to harsh rock yard. At $120, these instant trees are magnificent. 12 feet tall with a 6 foot spread. You won't have to wait for this tree to grow up. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love instant trees, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Well, I have voted this week. It's officially done. I thought I'd be all done and that I wouldn't be bugged anymore by uh, uh, people tracking me down on the internet or putting things in my mailbox, but no, it keeps coming. Hopefully Tuesday we'll be all done with this. Uh, and, and if you just get too stressed out, go take a walk, enjoy the fresh air, plant a new tree. It's, it's okay to plant trees right now. It's okay to plant. You can still landscape. It's not too cold. You just need to move over to things that like to be planted or things that like to be put into the ground this time of year. It's a tremendous time to add some color. If your vincas got totally burned off, um, you could put pansies in, violas, snapdragons, kale. There's ornamental kale that's stunning. I've got some that are probably a foot round. They're beautiful. There's great textures to it. It's related to edible kales, but edible kale just has this blue foliage. It's not that spectacular. But ornamental has white, burgundy, purple, different colors of, of, of foliage that are quite striking. And then in the spring, usually about March, they start to elongate and they'll actually get three times their size with this tremendously fragrant flower. Oh, it's beautiful. It'll bloom all winter. Pansies, they'll bloom all winter. Uh, violas, they'll bloom all winter. And then they just have this great fragrance as the spring comes around. It's just, it's okay to, to plant. If, if you get too stressed, cut. we encourage you bring your dog to Waters Garden Center. Just don't buy anything. Just come and enjoy the plants. Smell the new pine trees that just came in. Visualize the holidays with the new spruce. So there's all these shipments coming in right now of the evergreen or holiday kind of trees. Lots of red bows around. So as soon as Halloween's over, well, it's over. This weekend, we're done. 
Um, we get into transition over to Thanksgiving, the holidays, Christmas, Hanukkah, all those holiday celebrations that we do. Uh, we start that. And so we're gearing up for that. But lots of plants to just take in. If you're new to the area, have a new house, you have freedom to plant as you choose. So if when you get everything moved in, you put the new curtains on, you buy the new sofa, you know, there's certain things you got to do with the new house. When you finally go outside, you go, you know, I just want to, I want the neighbors are right there. I want to block them or I'm going to think through a shade tree so I can enjoy the back patio when spring comes. You can landscape right now. Some of you, the front yard, the package is included, but the backyard is a mud pit. You can still you can still put irrigation in. You can still put the rock down. You can still put shade plants. You can still put roses. I've got roses. And you can still put your evergreen shrubs, soften up that wall out there. It is okay. Trust me. As long as you water through winter, you can't put them in and just let them go all winter by themselves. They're still going to need some care. Not a lot, but some nurturing from the gardener that lives within. You're going to have to go out and water it a couple times a month. To keep it healthy. If you do that by planting now in the autumn, you will get such tremendous growth next spring. You'll double your growth rate because the plants will continue to root through the end of the year. They'll take a break for about six weeks, you know, January, first part of February. Then they actually start to root out again, and then they flush that new growth by sometime in March. They're actively growing again. So this is just an opportunity. Don't don't feel like, oh, I can't do anything. It's now, you know, it's only 40, 50 degrees. No, this is beautiful. I love it when it's in the 70s during the day and, you know, 30, 40s at night. And so do your plants. So throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. Lots of plant experts here. Uh, the, the garden center is fully stocked. And we do like talking to fans of the show. Come in with a photo. We can help you design, put just the right plant into your gardens. We even have horticulturalists here that will come out on site, do a sketch design in your own backyard. It's called Waters Garden Consultations. Enjoy this gorgeous fall weather. Some stores are meant to dash into, hunt down your purchase, and leave promptly. It's part of our 24-7 cyber world where it's difficult to decompress, slow down, and enjoy the environment. We miss the tactile experiences, fragrance, and enjoyment that come from slowing down and admiring the majesty of something as simple as a butterfly. Waters has elevated lingering to an art form with experiential pauses built into the very DNA of the garden center. We're designed purposefully for leisurely strolls through the many greenhouses that beckon guests to enjoy the plants. We work tirelessly to craft an environment that aesthetically reflects the cycle of the seasons. When you finally have a plant question, one of Waters' plant ambassadors are here to help you choose plants that will thrive in your landscape. Decompress and learn how to linger in the garden once again. Here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love to slow down in the garden, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.